0: A it's my fan. You can't. Did it stop?
1: Yeah, Can you no, hear it now? Yeah, there's some kind of static.
0: Oh, it's from my laptop. Static. Yeah,
1: that's fine now. Well, now there's a plane going overhead in my place, so I can't tell.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Start again.
0: <laughs> Planes, fans, computers. Is the plane gone? Yeah. <laughs> no! that was really realistic <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Birch>. <laughs> <Heckler>.
0: <laughs> <First miracles. laughs> can you hear the fan now i'll put it back on
1: i'd be lying if i said yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, go with that. i think the study is in your own head which is <laughs> where we're going to go in our episode today <laughs> <laughs> we're back on bits
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something so enthusiastic about being back on bits
0: we're back you shut on me bits.
1: shut you me down shut me down again <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so Indy um, I know that off air you've lost your dominant flame for a little while and I've taken it up yeah you've stolen my thunder Mm. Just like Prometheus, stole the fire from the sun.
1: Boy, did he have to pay for that, though.
0: He did. But kind of turned him on.
1: <laughs> Getting sliced open every.
0: <laughs> I had a session yesterday where I was probably the most dominant I've I- ever been. Wow. <laughs> i
1: said oh. it before and I'll say it again. You are a dom. Mm-hmm. and the rest of is going to prove that you are a dom you just have to finally realize it
0: dom and we have to realize it or are some people just not indeed <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you've got me really thinking there because yeah. uh yeah all right so what happened in this session
0: this is a guy i've known uh for about two years and he used to buy things off me things that i owned that he, he would want to keep And it would be a very seamless exchange, and we would meet on the corner. I don't know why you're laughing, Indy. Do you want to share with the group what's happening with you right now? No. No. Are you sure? I'm the dom now, aren't I? Stand up, please. Can you tell me what's happening?
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm back. Sorry, sir.
0: This guy would buy things for me over the last few years, very seamlessly. We would meet in the corner. I'd give him what, what he, you know, requested, and then he would pay, etc., a certain amount, very small amount, like five pounds. Like this is me not even knowing what I was doing, just like yeah, you no. Know.
1: How long ago was this?
0: That was about two years ago. Okay. Did it, we did it about six or seven times. Um. But, yeah, it was just more me being curious and just doing it. We He would contact me on social apps, and I would ignore him the last year, few years just because I wasn't really interested in him. I'm not attracted to him. He's much older. Just no, no.
1: Is he in the same city as you?
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Okay. He found me on Sunday, again, on one of the apps, and he must have caught me in the right mindset and he just really wanted me to come over to his and bully him
1: oh
0: mm. and i have been wanting to buy a new pair of trainers a certain pair of trainers which i've been wanting for a while but never two things never could afford because they're 170 pounds and for australia that's 300 300 pound dollars Mm. And also because they, for me, symbolise a real chav, a real bully.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Right. So two barriers to having ever purchased these.
0: If you look back at my trainer collection, you'll see my first pair of Nikes, which I just thought were unattainable when I was in my early 20s because I'm not that kind of person. And slowly there's an evolution Of trainers and up until this one This is the Classic Chav quote real man shoe It's Nike tuned Nike TN's one everyone who knows I'll show you Indy at the end I'm actually wearing them now because I feel empowered by them Oh You know how Indy you spoke about You being the goddess (laughs) And the mistress You had that evolution but your Real like fuck off Persona was the highness that's right. That's how I've been feeling for a little while. But yesterday for me really cemented that I had become, that I could somewhat stand in the archetype of the, the sadist, the bully, those kind of personas, which is not where I want to be all the time, but those are things which do arouse me. And these trainers symbolize that I have in some way, on some level, taken that form at least for a little while. Amazing. Yeah.
1: What has, what's it been like to step step into this?
0: Ah, uh-huh, well uh, done. We should end on that note because there's, <laughs> no. Do you want to see them India to take on? I will, yeah. The thing about Nike TNs is they're, to me, very reptilian. Reptilian? And, yeah, they have... Uh, Certain way they're made, which is very. Oh, there you go. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. They're very hardcore. Yeah, they're very hardcore. They're a statement. I know you can't see because the lights a bit dim, but.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they're black, shiny. I can see you're holding up some very thick soles. They don't look like. Are they rubber or are they?
0: This is a huge turn-on for me. It looks like a Doc Martin that's been cut. A Doc Martin that's been cut? <laughs> 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 yeah, they're quite something. Now they are a statement, yeah, like only for me in my primitive psychology, only chavs, bullies, uh, Alphas, jocks wear these. So, so hold on, let me
1: just let me just get this straight. Where did they come from? Are you saying the guy bought them for you?
0: He gave me part of the money, and I had some other money from other subs.
1: So those are completely purchased from subs?
0: Uh, yes. I paid £20 more, but that was from other subs in the past. But, yes. Yeah. actually
1: huh. And you're walking – that's really – that's quite hot. I like that yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> India, I'm laughing
0: because I can't wait to get the episode of our Thin Dom because it's just such a contrast to when we recorded that. But the thing is, um
1: Tell me more about this sadist form that you stepped into during the session.
0: When we were talking online, it was a general conversation, like, oh yeah, I want you to dominate me, I wanna worship your feet, you're obviously superior, you're a jock, blah blah. So all the standard stuff. Yeah. And then suddenly he starts to bring up his teenage experience at school, which Comes into this, if you remember my episode, Trainers Chavs and Peacocks Oh My, episode five, season one, then I talk about how in school I was always looking at the jocks, wishing I could be them. He suddenly brings in this, uh, sort of message, which loosely says, you know, I'm this, I'm that kid at school who you used to do stuff in the toilets to like kind of bully them, take the piss out of that kind of thing. Ignore. He even talks about how he also talks about being chosen last in team sport and how the popular guys would ignore him, etc. So that kind of bullying uh, dynamic starts to come up into our conversation, and I carry this over into the actual meet itself. In what I, way? So, I mean, firstly, I make it clear to call. He asks for what pronoun to call me, and I say either boss or bully. And he grabs onto bully. So he wants to call me bully. And I wanted to, I, and I took that form. So I got to his house. Yeah. He started worshipping my feet. Just the typical stuff. I won't go into too much detail. Uh, we can imagine, you know, but there were, there, there was an emphasis on the words, you loser. All you want to do in your life is worship us jocks. We're superior. We're better than you. You know, finally you're getting my attention and. You're lucky that I'm even looking at you, bullying you. And he's like, yes, thank you, bully. So there was a lot of that kind of language. Thank you, bully. Thank you, bully. So that's really rising up. Mm. Interestingly, during the session, Indy, and you would know this because you know my brother, I felt little bits at times. I heard my brother through me at times. That's,
1: That's very fascinating.
0: Yeah. Laughing. When I would laugh or do one or two different acts, I felt my brother energy come through me.
1: Because your brother was quite a bully. I remember him teasing you growing up. He would be quite brutal in some of the yeah. things he'd do and say to you.
0: Now, he was only is only two years older than me, so lots of that sort of bullying, dominating dynamic happened when we were about six to 14. So he was, you know, unconsciously doing what, kids do. There was no sort of strong, there was no intentional malice, I think, behind his acts. But the dynamic that I had with my brother, which was, I would say, my closest masculine energy. My dad was around, but he traveled quite a lot. And me and my brother shared a room. My closest connection with my brother was usually bullying. And it's just funny how very, and it was very subtle, very subtly, whilst I was In this session, I felt that come through.
1: So, you were embodying the
0: energy of your brother? Who was embodying the archetype of the bully or the sadist. Or the sadist.
1: Pausing here, Michael, I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit more about the experience of being this bully and drilling down exactly what's going on in this dynamic.
0: The experience itself was quite nice in the moment like i really just felt like i know what i'm doing i had a sense of confidence i believed myself and i believe that he was really into it he said as much but what i think was happening which happens a lot with dominance and answer misses is inflation so there was a point there where my ego inflated into really believing or really taking on this bully energy this bully archetype So I just want to pause there and say that just, just to define inflation, Jung defines it as when an archetype rises up and takes over the psyche. Does that make sense so far?
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I can identify with that at times being dominant. You can really feel that sense of stepping into something.
0: Yeah. And that's actually quite okay. There's different types of inflation. The inflation that I'm talking about, what happened here, and I think happens a lot with doms and subs, we'll get to that later on perhaps, is grandiosity. So really believing that you are the goddess, the highness, the jock, that energy, like really believing it. And there's a problem with that because it's thought that it would disrupt the common good if you take on that persona. Here's an example. There's this buy guy that comes onto an app, onto one of my apps uh, once in a while. He's very quiet. You message him. I don't know. Uh, nothing really happens. But once we managed to swap Snapchats and his username on the Snapchat was God. Wow. So he's taken this, well, I'm now just uh, inferring. He's taken this inflation, this persona of this God-like, this, it's called spiritual inflation, where he actually bel- Well, what could happen is people could actually believe that they are uh, almost godlike in their actions and there needs to be a world that revolves around them.
1: And we're talking here about, in some ways, the grandiose narcissist, like a Donald Trump kind of character.
0: That's right. That's right. And in ancient times, it was thought that this inflation, actually believing in the energy that you take on in prolonged amounts of times was very unhealthy for you and society. So the Romans called it superbia. And what they would do is they would have a slave stand behind the king as he parades through the town and everyone shouts to the king, you're so great, you're um, godlike, you're we worship you, we want you. And the slave, his role was to whisper in the king's ear, you are still mortal. You are still mortal. To remind the king that don't believe too much of what your your city, your followers say you are. You need to come back down to earth.
1: Incredible! Yeah. That would be happening. I love it.
0: I mean, the Romans like well done, and the Greeks like, they really had a I think a really good idea of the psyche. <laughs> mm. So. What that slave represents for us now, or what that slave symbolically goes into, I think, are is religion. Where religion is a was a way in which a person couldn't get too caught up in their grandiosity. It was a structure which made you accountable for who you are. You had to always uh, look up to the gods and, and admit that you are still mortal. I think the queen in England, once a week, once a month, has to bow down in front of a religious, a religious, it could be Christian, I don't know, a religious figure to to symbolise that she's still a you know slave unto something greater, that she's not the 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 greatest figure in all of the land.
1: Because the tradition in England is that the king or queen is thought to be ordained by God. Mm. And so by bowing down, she is remembering that. That's right. She is below the God that she serves. Michael, what I'm hearing is that there is a state we can go through called inflation when we're playing the sadist or the the dom. And it takes these various forms. And one of the forms you're talking about is
0: grandiosity. And grandiosity used to be resolved by mentors, religious structures, which as we've spoken about this season have been completely dismantled and that's not necessarily a bad thing religion has i think you know sailed its ship it's, it's moved on there needs to be other things in place but it has dismantled and what that allows for as we've been as we've been thinking about this season is for a lot of and through the and, and thanks to social media a lot of doms have become increasingly inflated without that slave sitting behind them without a religious structure without a strong community reminding them wait a minute you're not actually this great it might be that you are now in this point in time but it will fail you later on it will eat you alive
1: Mm. yeah i think that's a really good point you're making so a lot of what's going on now is the same kind of dynamics within the psyche but we don't have these checks and balances like religion used to provide.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: But there's still the crowd. I think that you, you talked about the, the king or the Caesar going through the streets. Yeah. Now it's the dom going through the social media space.
0: Yeah. And interestingly, Jung wrote an essay where he wanted to examine the dictators, Stalin, Hitler, all these figures that came up in time that he was thinking what was happening with them in inflation. And your listeners, I got this off, um, this union life. It's a episode called inflation. So have a look at that if you want more detail, but he talks about the, the grandiosity flex, which we all get being refined into two more subcategories. One was the chieftain hero, which he coined which was a hero or a person who was in this grandiose inflated form who would crush his enemies and exalt all those who are aligned with him and promise a superhuman life if they moved with him. These are the doms online who say, follow me, follow me, and I'll protect you. You just keep paying me. You just keep worshipping me. So that's a kind of a chieftain hero archetype. And then he goes further when he looks at Hitler, He sees Hitler as a much more sinister form, which I think is creeping up into the BDSM space, is the shamanic archetype, the shamanic grandiosity energy, where the dominant, in this case Hitler, but the dominant would sense the inferiority of the lower masses, just like I sense the inferiority of the sub I was with recently, and I would speak back that inferiority and that would make the sub feel known understood and heard and also when we're looking at these ritualistic practices we do like the bowing the worshiping and so when i do that it would give a sense of mysticism and religious mission as well following you bully is my crusade it's what i want to do because you understand me, you understand the inferiority that I have. And there is, as we've spoken about in this season, a religious sense around these, these sessions, and I can't help but wonder if we're taking on that shamanic, grandiose complex in those moments.
1: So what I'm hearing you say, Michael, is that Jung could see these two forms that dictators can take and the shapes that they become and how they can really be seen in parallel. In BDSM.
0: Yes, that's right. I think that it's important to look at the other side, the subside as well, because Jung also thought that there was negative inflation. And that would mean, I'm now really trying to stretch this towards the dominant submissive roles. He meant more of it in a sense that when you're depressed, you use that as a martyrdom. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm seeing the suffering of the world woe is me i'm the victim and that would be a inversion of the megalomaniac grandiose energy Mm -hmm. when i think about this and the sub role it's thought that if you consciously feel inferior that there's an unconscious megalomaniac grandiose sense inside of you that you have a real drive for actual power and that is that the sub commands attention that people meet their needs, like I want you to bully me, you have to bully me, you need to do it like this, like treat me like crap, make me your footstool and that but that's an unconscious, unconscious grandiosity going on, and it's called the tyranny of the weak yeah
1: that's very fascinating because it touches on the different forms of narcissism mm. and in the literature there's there's quite a lot uh spoken about the grandiose narcissist, which I think. Covers a lot of what you're saying about the types of expressions within the DOM. And then there's another type of narcissist, which is more of the victim. Yeah. The person who needs to be seen and all of the suffering that they've been through. Look at how much I've had to endure. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're saying to me is that that can take the form of a, a type of inflation within the submissive when they are saying things like, Look at me, how terrible I am. You have to step on my face because it's so pathetic, yep,
0: that's
1: my right. particular face. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then, obviously, there's always a flip side. For the persons who are usually more dominant in this case, if they're presenting outwardly of their, their security, usually it implies that inside they feel inferior. Yes. I wanted to finish on a quote. Ah, Mm. all
1: right then. Let's hear it.
0: You know this quote, actually. This is a warning that David Foster Wallace, an incredible American thinker, absolutely intelligent like nothing else. He has many essays and books published. This is a quote from him speaking about worship and believing your own grandiosity. And this is his warning. Because here's something else that's true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And an outstanding reason for choosing some sort of god or spiritual type thing to worship, be it JC or Allah or Yahweh or the Wiccan Mother Goddess or the Four Noble Truths, or some infrangible set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough, never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, You will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. On one level, we all know this stuff already. It's been codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, bromides, epigrams, parables. The skeleton of every great story. The trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power. You'll end up feeling weak and afraid, and you'll need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect. Being seen as smart, you'll end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. But the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful. It's that they're unconscious. They are deep thought settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware that that's what you're doing. And the world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the world of men and money and power hums along quite nicely on the fuel of fear and contempt and frustration and craving and the worship of self. Our own present culture has harnessed these forces in ways that they have yielded extraordinary wealth and comfort and personal freedom. The freedom to be lords of our own tiny skull-sized kingdoms alone at the center of all creation. This kind of freedom has much to recommend it, but of course there are all different kinds of freedom. And the kind that is most precious, you will not hear much talked about in the great outside world of winning and achieving and displaying. The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and effort and being truly to care about other people and to sacrifice for them, over and over, in myriad petty little unsexy ways, every day. That is real freedom. The alternative is unconsciousness, the default setting, the rat race, the constant gnawing sense of having had and lost some infinite thing.
1: David Foster Wallace. Boy would I want to meet him at a dinner party
0: absolutely amazing listeners there's a lot there and listen back to that quote because i think it indie i think it sums up the whole season in a sense what we were trying to say in some ways
1: very eloquently as well
0: mm. listeners it's been fantastic we've really enjoyed this season our last episode's next indie
1: oh no is mm. it that close already
0: it is take care everyone mm. and speak to you soon bye we really hope you enjoyed this episode Remember, if you would like to find out more, you can through our website, bdsmreimagined.com. Take care.